Hello, and welcome to Weddings Unveiled, a podcast for your wedding planning process. I'm your host, Leah Longbreak. We know how exciting and stressful playing the big day can be, and we're here to help, providing you with information and advice from industry insiders and those with firsthand experience. On today's episode, we have real bride Bianca Woolwick. Bianca, who is the host of the podcast, Please Don't Kick Me Out, shares with us the details of her Viva Las Vegas elopement and why it was important for her to have Elvis as the officiant. Bianca, I am so excited to have you on the show today. I am so excited too. I'm always continually honored that people let me scream into a (laughs) microphone for a living. When I'm honored, I got to be on your show. For those not familiar, tell us about Please Don't Kick Me Out. So Please Don't Kick Me Out is a podcast about imposter syndrome. And I loved your episode. I mean, like our episode when we were talking, I'm excited to share it with my listeners and and obviously, you know, for your listeners to learn about me, but it's the feeling of like not fitting in. It's imposter syndrome. It's just very, it's very much a human emotion, like walking into a room and feeling like, oh man, like everyone's smarter than me or like, you know, like be more successful than me. So my podcast really focuses on imposter syndrome, how people have felt it in their careers and in their life and how they've combat it. And then also successes and failures. And, you know, we even talk about all things all over the map because I'm super nostalgic and I love pop culture. So I love to like get inside my guest brains. So yeah, that's what I do. Please don't kick me out. (laughs) Yeah, it's so fun. And again, like I thank you again for having me on to talk about my experiences and how so many couples that are planning their wedding or have been married kind of feel like imposters because they didn't want, you know, what their family wanted to do or what society tells them to do, but they did it anyways. Yeah. And it didn't make them feel as great as it should have for such an important day. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that kind of like lends into my own kind of journey with with my wedding as well. (laughs) Well, that's a perfect segue, but for um, everyone listening, the link for Please Don't Kick Me Out and our episode will be in the show notes, so make sure you check it out. As we're going to get into your story, we have to start off with the proposal. How did your now husband propose to you? (laughs) Okay, so my husband is so cheeky. I knew he was the one and and he knew I was the one and we were going to get married, but I also have to let your listeners know that he's in the military. So... We were kind of on an accelerated timeline because he was going to be having to move eventually. So it kind of put our relationship in hyperspeed. But also, you know, we were in our late, he was in his late 20s or 30s, early 30s, and then I was in my late 20s. And I knew it was going to be him. And, you know, so basically I told him, I was like, I really want a Tiffany's ring. So we would go to the mall and he would always bring me to the Tiffany store and have me try on various rings. And what he was doing was getting my ring size and then like, trying to figure out if I liked the ring he'd picked out because he'd already so ordered it. smart. Right? So, and and I just, I was, I like people, so I was just all, you know, happy to be there. Felt like an imposter inside Tiffany's, I'll tell you what. So I didn't even know that he had picked this ring out. I didn't even know that he'd ordered it. And he was, and then I told him, all I told him was, just, I don't, I just want to have my nails done before you do this. Like, just let me know, like, give me like a clue. Let me know. So what he wanted to do was propose to me. Um, there's a place in Denver, which is where I'm from. It's like a clock tower. Sometimes it's a cabaret bar. It's down on downtown. And he wanted to be like up in the clock tower with like a pizza on like one knee and propose <laughs> that way. That's not what happened. So the ring came in and he was convinced I was going to find it. And the following day we had had breakfast with my parents and my parents had come to town and I didn't know that this was my dad 
getting asked for permission or anything like that. I just figured my parents were coming up to see the apartment. Like I didn't really know, like I just really, I don't even know if it was coincidental that they were there, to be honest. But we had breakfast. My parents left. My parents are, um, you know, they love early breakfast. So they got there at like seven in the morning. So we, we went to this restaurant called Snooze. And then after that, there was an Oktoberfest. And I think so it was in September. And my husband was like, hey, we should go down towards the Oktoberfest. Like it's a really nice day. And it was a gorgeous day. So we walked down there and I had like, we both had a beer stein and I was eating a turkey leg. And he was like, today's the day I'm proposing. I'm proposing. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Like that was, he was convinced. So we walked back to the apartment and this is where it gets a little TMI. The beer hit me, the turkey leg. I was like, I have to go to the bathroom. Oh no. And it was like, an, it, it went from like being like a, a situation to like being an emergency situation. So <laughs> I, I made Scott, like we get to our downtown apartment. I make, and I know there's a bathroom. I'm like, what's the bathroom called? Like trying to get in to the down like floor, the first floor, floor bathroom. And he goes up the elevator and he, so I'm in the bathroom almost didn't make it, just feeling horrible, right? Like just, oh no. And he's upstairs sweating bullets, like grabbing the ring from the top shelf <laughs> of the closet. And so I get upstairs and I'm like kind of in a bad mood now because I'm like, right. God, like I don't like that didn't feel good. I'm sure there's a second wave of whatever just happened. And so I get to the bedroom and I'm like trying to like clean myself up and stuff. And he's just waiting patiently in the bedroom. And I sit down on the bed and I'm like throwing my purse off. He's like, babe. I'm like, what? It's just like, you know, not really there. And then I look up and he's like on his knee and I just kind of like blur my eyes. I'm like, what's happening? Like, what's going on? And he's like, and he's like kind of got tears in his eyes. And he's like, I just want to spend forever with you. Like, I want to like eat turkey legs and do all of this. And I just felt like this was more perfect. And then I start crying. Then I call my parents and they're like, wait, what? Like, we were just there. Aww. And I suppose when I had been in the bathroom, because actually I guess my parents were at, my parents had been something like I was dropping my car off and my parents had gone up to the apartment or something like that. And so my parents had seen the apartment and he asked my dad's permission there, showed them the ring and I was doing something. And then we went and got beer steins. So yeah, that was my proposal. Oh, <laughs> that is so cute though. <laughs> yeah. For a moment that you thought would be so crappy, pun intended, no, ended up so beautiful. Yeah, my nails were not done. They were blank. I have a photo of like my ring, like, cause it, I mean, it's a really beautiful, very simple ring and I love it. And on the band it's inscribed, it says my beautiful girl. Cause we love city and color a lot. And the one of the only concerts, well, we've gone to a few, but one of the only concerts and the best concert we've gone to together was city and color. And he has a song called the girl and so one of the lyrics is my beautiful girl. And I guess he really was trying to propose in some immaculate, like crazy way. He also contacted City and Color and they're they like, yeah, we'll do your proposal for like $10,000. And he was like, ah, mm. so turkey legs and a stein it was. <laughs> <laughs> so did you wait to post photos on social media once you got your nails done? Or did you just say, no, screw I just it went, and do I it? I would screw it. You know, because like, honestly, I was excited. I was happy about it. You know, I feel like it was always weird for people because I considered myself his fiance, but he hadn't asked. And I... It's weird when you know that you want to be with that person and you know it's mm -hmm. coming. And so you're just like kind of, I don't know. So people are like, they knew it was coming. But then the weirder thing is like, once we were engaged, we we were on hyperspeed to like get me on his page too. Cause like, it's a big thing. Like it's a, it's a lot more complex in the military to get on right. his page too. So that then, then I can have base access, get my cards, move all of my accounts and stuff. So bef like when we finally celebrated and had the wedding wedding that I wanted, I was already married. So, like, I was engaged for 
maybe two weeks. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, so between the proposal and y'all eloped, what mm-hmm. was that timeline? Okay, so he proposed to me on the 24th of September, and we picked up my, my parents had my birth certificate and my social security card, and I needed those. And so we went to my parents' house and picked them up. And while I was there, I picked out the wedding dress as well. Went to my parents' house, grabbed my social security card and, and my uh, birth certificate. And then I think I just started a new job and I told them on Friday, I was like, hey, I know this is like not good, but like my husband has the day off and like we're going to get married and go to the social security office and like do all these things. So made it sound very unsexy, but we had an appointment at nine in the morning on at the court, Denver courthouse. And then we got breakfast burritos and then we went to the social security office and my last name was changed and it was all like within a couple of hours. And then we went and sat at a rooftop bar and watched the sunset and like drank wine. It was very, it was a very sweet day. (laughs) Then comes Vegas. So from the rooftop to Vegas, what are we talking? How much time? That was October 13th, which is funny enough, the Navy's birthday, which we didn't choose that on purpose. It's also Friday the 13th, which is kind of funny too. So that happened. And then the anniversary of our first date was the day that we got, we had our ceremony in Vegas. And so I had told my husband from day one, I want to be married by an Elvis. It's my dream. I don't want a wedding. I just want to elope. And I, you know, I really want, that's what I want. I want to be married by an Elvis. And he was like, dope. Like, let's do it. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So it's always been my fantasy. It's always been my dream wedding. And as a kid, my parents always told me like, elope, elope, don't have a wedding, you know, don't have a wedding, you know, because it just becomes a day for everyone else. And I'm so grateful that I was married already so that like they couldn't take that special moment from me because when you have a wedding, it can feel so overwhelming. You're trying to please everyone around you. Even though mine was like tiny, kitschy and funny, there's still a lot that went into it, even though at the end of the day, a 10 minute ceremony in and out. But it was so meaningful for you. Yeah, yeah. So how many people were there in Vegas then? Was it just you guys and your parents? I wanted it to be just my husband and I, because my parents, like my parents didn't go to my wedding. They have no interest. They didn't go, which people <laughs> find so bizarre. And so for me, I, I I don't know. It was It was just funny because then his parents were like, well, we have to be there. And I was like, at first, I was very adverse to that. I, I was like, I don't know if I want to to do that. That doesn't make really much sense because like I've always had it in my head. It's just me and the person. Right. But then I was thinking about it and I was like, well, I mean, like he's the first one getting married out of his siblings. So fine, they can come. And also like they live super close. And I was really actually grateful that they did come because his mom and I had kind of started out on like rocky footing and we're not really at a good place. Now she and I are at a great place. But um, she just kind of overstepped a lot of boundaries in our relationship, like wanting to take make me take her ring. And Scott was like, no. And, <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, like just other, like a bunch of stuff, like to kind of overstep. And I think the wedding and us doing it the way we wanted and then like eventually letting them be included, I think she kind of like accepted. Okay. Like they're going to do what they want. Like my input doesn't matter. But she probably had that dream or they probably had that dream of like the traditional. Yes. They, she, like, she really wants that, like, you know, and, and I, it's just not, even my sister-in-law's non-conventional like me as well. And so it just really would, it's not really us, you know? Yeah. So. It's good that you stuck to your guns and did you instead of, and like we talked about with imposter syndrome, 
caving to other people's ideals? Well, so you asked how many people. So it was my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my sister-in-law. My brother-in-law was not there. And then her husband. So that's, you know, four people. And then I invited, we had neighbors in our apartment building. They came. So that's two more. And I don't even talk to either of them anymore. And then uh, two girlfriends came as well. Don't talk to either of them based on this wedding. And then, uh, so that that's four more. And then I, my friend Ian drove four hours to see the wedding, drop off a Guy Fieri-signed frying pan, and then drive back to LA. So he's one person. And then my best friend and her husband, and she's my photographer. So I had, you know, you know, not that many people. Like, like 20 maybe, maybe? Maybe less than 20, right? And um, and it was, it was, you know, fun, you know, silly. And I didn't want bridesmaids... Well, I guess I kind of, like, I was in my 20s and I had, like, toxic toxic friendships. And this two girls that I had invited um, decided to go as, you know, as each other's plus one. And then when I was getting my makeup done and stuff, they were offended that I didn't go to brunch. And what we told people was, if you want to come, you're paying your own way. Like, dinner's right. at Buca de Beppo, like, afterwards. But, and the wedding ceremony is here. But it's informal. We don't, you're invited if you want to come. But, like, there's no invite. There's no formal invitation. Those, there's no hotel block of rooms. Like, right, we're not where feeding we're you yeah, like a typical reception. Exactly. Like, here's where we're staying. Like, it's a Vegas weekend, right? Like, if you want to come and have fun. Instead, it, you know, I think, like, she really was, like, thinking I would want bridesmaids and thinking I would want to do, like, all that thing. And I felt like in some ways this girl was showboating, like, the fact that I was getting married. And then she live-streamed my wedding without my permission. <gasps> and posted what? photos of me in my dress without my permission. And I think that's such a cardinal sin. Like, you should Absolutely. never. Like, and that's the one thing I told her. I was like, I would like to have, like, for, like, I would like to be able to approve that you're posting these things. Like, everyone else respected my wishes, but she didn't. And that was really upsetting. And so, like, uh, I kind of cut her out of my life after that and Abs- just yeah. blocked her. Because also, at the wedding table, at the reception table of whatever you call Buca de Beppo, a reception table, she talked shit about my husband to my in-laws and said that, because my husband didn't really like her. And he he can't keep, if he doesn't like someone, he feels like I'm being disrespected, he cannot be nice to them. So he didn't really, he was not really a fan of these two. They right. showed up late to the dinner anyway, drunk as hell. And it was just the all overall just so like clearly you're not my friends and you're trying to make this day about you and I didn't include you in anything of the day because it was my day. And you were already feeling a toxicity from them. Prior right. To the I wedding, could already right? yeah, exactly. I'd always, I was already feeling the toxicity and I wasn't letting it get to me. My best friend was like, no, like look at me. I'm the captain now. We're not having a bad day. It's it's your what? Like, no, like let me handle them. You do you. So I had like a great day getting ready with my my friend Brittany and my friend Marcy and we got ready at like a dry bar and then I got my hair done. I hated the way my hair looked, but we got my hair done at dry bar. I got my makeup done at Sephora, you know, and then they helped me into my dress because I had like the little buttons and stuff. But the thing with that was just, I, I I blocked her. And then she like went out of her way to try to understand why I did. And when I finally, I blocked her on everything. And then she messaged me on LinkedIn. And I was just like, here's why I blocked you. And I gave her like a laundry list of constructive criticism where I was just <laughs> like, just so you know, in the future, like, someone's wedding day and their partner and their relationship, like just because you're jealous that you don't have that doesn't mean that you need to like be so rude. Like, you know, I'm just telling you, these are things that like, I just don't feel like it's, I feel like it's irreparable. Like I'm going to side with my husband on this. Like he didn't do anything to you. 
Yeah. So it's weird to like look at photos, but thankfully my, my, my best, my best friend Marcy is an incredible photographer and thankfully none of the wedding guests are in any of the photos. Oh, that's so good. So, and and he'll, yeah. here's a tip that other couples learn from your experience. If there's even a remote hint of toxicity from somebody. Don't get photos with them. Definitely don't get photos with them, but really think hard, long and hard if you really want them to be invited. I know, I know there's some situations where it can be unavoidable, just try not to invite them because you don't want this kind of drama. Exactly. And so I got married in Vegas at a little white chapel, which, you know, it's very kitschy. And I did a Cadillac drive through wedding, but it's not really a Cadillac drive through wedding. You sit in a dirty Cadillac. And oh. because my husband was in his whites, his Navy whites, he's an officer, and he's in his Navy whites, we just had to pay the difference on the Elvis. And I really wanted fat Elvis. <laughs> but I got cocaine, unclipped, show pants, tanned butt Elvis. Oh, my God. Regardless, I if anyone wants to get married by an Elvis, I do suggest it. But if you do if you do the drive-through, it's on hyperspeed. And it's a lot of fun. I had no idea what was going on. Neither did Scott. We said we had vows. He skipped over them. He sang the song Teddy Bear. <laughs> we didn't know what was going Not on. Not the choice. Then Scott, song. The, yeah, then he hands Scott like Elvis glasses and Scott's putting them on my face. And I'm like, no, don't put them on. And then now they're on my face. And he's like, now we got to do Elvis poses for the camera. They provided camera because we are like, if you're an officer or like a military person and you wear your uniform, then you they ask if you give them um, marketing permission with the photos like that they can use them, then you get a free photography package or whatever. But he was like, the photographer was pushing Marcy out of the way. So she barely was able to get any photos of the ceremony, but she was sneaky. So I have like really washed out photos from that chapel. And then I have Marcy's photos. And in my head, I had this classic Vegas image. So I saw like a T-length dress and blue suede shoes, which I actually wore my shoes last night at my dog's birthday party. I don't know if you saw the photo, but so I cute. did. But those, I know they were wedding yeah, shoes. Yeah, they are my wedding shoes. They're the most comfortable. And I've, I owned them before, even so, because I bought those and I was like, that'd be cute for like a wedding dress one day. And I bought them like years ago and they're amazing shoes. And I very seldom wear them because I love them so much. And I so love that you've got blue suede shoes, though. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> I held true. Like, no one was into my Elvis when I was dating. No one was into, like, wanting to get married by an Elvis. And that was a deal breaker for me. Because I'm like, if you don't find that funny, if you're not on board with that, like, then that's, you're just not really someone I want to be with. That, like, is, I want to be with someone who's spontaneous and goofy and, like, gets it. So the vision was always a T-length dress because I'm five foot three. And I'll be honest, I think wedding dresses are stunning and beautiful. But I wanted something that... I hate to say it, that perhaps I could wear again, even though it definitely is very maternal or wedding looking. I could, I could, I could recycle and reuse it. So that's kind of why I chose the dress I chose. And I got so lucky with that dress. There's a bridal boutique in, in Longmont, Colorado, where my parents live. And uh, there was a designer that I that was on Undercover Boss. And then like I guess they went bankrupt. The company that did that dress, it was a cash and carry. So I was trying on dresses and I could see where it could be T-length. And I'll never forget bringing it in to get altered. So Cash and Carry got the dress for like 700 bucks. Scott bought me the dress. And then the alterations were $600. And then the wedding itself was like $300 plus tip, plus airfare, plus, you know, things. All, all together, we were probably under, under 5000 is what we spent. It's amazing. Right? Maybe, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. And How is the alterations person about altering the dress? Oh, my gosh. 
I bring it in. It's got this long, beautiful train. And I'm like, yeah, so I'd like it to be T-length. And she's like, I, I just don't understand. And I was like, I'm paying you to cut it off. <laughs> and then she's like, well, do you want to keep the fabric? And I was like, no, I just want T-length. Don't need it. Like, just not. I, she's like, well, a lot of people will like, you know, make trinkets for their bridesmaids. And I was like, I'm getting married by, I don't know how to like make it more clear to you. I'm getting married <laughs> by an Elvis. I need it to be T-length. You're like, think more rockabilly. Think I'm like, more yeah, classic 50s. Exactly, like, exactly. go that way. <laughs> exactly. So, and she, and I think it like pained her in her heart because it was gorgeous train. and But that's not me. Right. That's never been me. But and, you had a vision. Yeah, I had a vision. And I, and I, when I would, I went to David's bridal when I got engaged and I tried on their tealing dresses and I just looked like a sausage stuffed into a casing. It just didn't look good. So it's, it, for your listeners, if they, if you want something tealing, you know, obviously buy something that you feel like could fit your vision and then, mm-hmm. and then, you know, pay to alter it. Because at the end of the day, if you're not happy in the dress that you buy because you want this certain look, you can make another, like they can alter it to do anything. Yeah. (laughs) So I was very happy with it and I've lost a ton of weight since then. So now the dress zips up easy, but Vegas makes you so bloated when you're eating food that I almost didn't fit my wedding dress. And I felt like I was, (laughs) it was very not good, but yeah, I mean, I, I had this vision. So I had, um, Rose gold is kind of like, I, I, I was on a rose gold kick at that point. So I had like a rose gold headpiece that was braided in. Looking back on it, I think I should have done an updo versus having my hair down. And then I had a very like soft, like rose kind of gold, like dewy makeup with like a really nice, um, like, you know, just it would look really good with mm-hmm. really nice like lashes. And then I was carrying a blue suede clutch and I had a, um, a rose gold pink fur. Oh, love it. And then I was, and then my mother-in-law gave me pearls that when I guess my, I guess like my, it was one of the first pieces of jewelry that my father-in-law gave her. So she gave me like these pearls. So I had pearl earrings and pearl necklace. And then from my mom, my mom had given me my great grandma's handkerchief. So I had like something borrowed and blue, my blue suede shoes. And then I had this really beautiful, like a uh, rose gold, like a uh, like belt. And then that was tied in the back and I didn't do a veil or anything like that. I did like the headpiece. And I fit my look for the most part. And the what the thing I envisioned was um, on Fremont Street, which is old Vegas. They have so many lights everywhere. And we got married at dusk. So like, as soon as we got to Fremont Street afterwards, the limo dropped us off at Fremont Street to get, take photos. We were like, all the lights were out and we were able to get this photo in front of, I think it's the Four Kings. And uh, he's kissing me like the kiss, that statue. Yeah. And he's in his navy whites. And I'm in my dress, and it's just like the I I always envisioned it, and she oh, got it. That's amazing. So it's on a canvas in my bedroom. It's my it's my phone background to this day. I think I was on a podcast for military spouses, and they said send me a wedding photos. It's always the one I send. <laughs> so yeah, overall, like I got the things I wanted. They maybe weren't 100 what I wanted, like not the right Elvis. Oh, we're not driving in this Cadillac. We're just sitting in it why are you putting these glasses on me? But I wouldn't change a thing about it because it's just really, at the end of the day, it was just what I had always wanted. It just executed in a different way. And it makes a fantastic story. Hey Hey there. there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. 
We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. See you soon. So Bianca, I'm so glad you got to do your Vegas dream and you know, I've always been curious what it would be like to elope to Vegas and have a Vegas wedding. So for those that are curious about actually doing this, what was the process actually like? Like how did you have to get a license there the day of, you know, a few days before? Like what what are the steps? Well, I can tell you the steps, but uh, keep in mind, oh, I was already married. So technically it was a vow renewal. Either have certificate in hand or you have to go, you have to wake up, go to the court. The courthouse is open 24 7, seven days a week. So you can go get your marriage license there. But my bigger suggestion is you can just do it, like have the ceremony and then go back and then get the official certificate and sign it or do it right before you go and, you know, be legally married beforehand. Just, mm-hmm. just so you can take that guesswork out. Then you have to, you know, obviously book the chapel and stuff, or book, book whatever chapel you want to do, whether you're in a hotel and you want to use their chapel or you have like this vision in the stream. Now, if people are coming with you, um, I would always suggest like doing a block of hotel rooms or whatever, but I like the way I did it where it's like pay your own way, come if you want, here's where we're eating, here's what we're doing, night one, we're going to have a drink here, and you know, do your own thing, it's Vegas. There's no schedule, just make sure you see the wedding. And it will save you a lot of money. <laughs> right, a lot of money. And then if you're going to use one of these chapels and say you want something kitschy or whatever, I guess request the Elvis that you want. <laughs> I didn't know that <laughs> I would have to. Other things to consider is making sure that the chapel picks you. So the chapel that we chose, it picked us up from the airport and dro- also dropped us off at the airport, which was very nice of them. Oh, wow. And they also picked us up before the wedding, and then they drove us to where we wanted to go after the wedding. So that was pretty cool, too. So it was a little white chapel. They also threw in flowers into the package, which were like all filler flowers. So wouldn't suggest that. I would suggest getting your own bouquet, maybe even a fake one if you really want flowers. Um I was kind of embarrassed I had to have them in many of my photos. But, <laughs> but what Vegas is designed to do is pump out weddings. So any if you want, if that's like the vibe you're going for, anything you choose is, is a lot of fun. And it's really up to you kind of how you want to do it. Transporting my dress, I carried it on, which they gave me a bag way too big for the garment. So that was kind of hard. So we had to like stuff it in Scott's garment bag. And I was like, oh no, it's going to get creased. Oh no. no, But it worked out. Make sure you have any of your hair and your makeup appointments or your photographer booked, or maybe you fly your photographer out. You can find Vegas photographers. They're just going to charge two times the price. Right. And um, yeah, tell your your friends not to live stream it. That's (laughs) the other advice. (laughs) Yeah, that's very key. Like that's just so rude. And then the other thing I'll say too is anything you it's pretty much the only place you can book a table for like 20 people without them batting an eye is Buca de Beppo at Excalibur, which is an Italian restaurant. 
And then my other advice is if you're going to go out afterwards, which is what we did, have a second dress option, which I did. So I changed into a more fun free people dress with like really fun sleeves. It's very um, like mod 60s style. And I bought it on clearance. It's one of my favorite dresses. And anytime I get to wear it, I'm always happy about it. And I wore that. And even and even wearing that, people were like, oh, congratulations. Did you just get married? I was like, what? <laughs> I, <laughs> Because I had like full you makeup. You had the glow. And, yeah. You had the glow yeah. about you. So, so I will say if you have a really large party, they actually make you book a book banquet style. So you got to be like cognizant of that and make sure if there's any kind of reception thing, then that you like, you know, are aware that there's probably going to be an upcharge unless you go to Buca de Beppo. And Buca de Beppo was great because uh, they sent a photographer around in the Vegas one. And so they took a photo of us and it was our first photo as like a married couple, so to speak, that was like actually published. And we bought the photo and still sits in my, sits in my hallway right now. It's one of my favorite photos. Well, those are awesome tips to know if we decide, any of us decide to go elope or have a vow renewal, which is a great idea as well. Last question for you, Bianca. Mm-hmm. What is your all-time favorite wedding movie or movie that features a wedding? Definitely The Wedding Singer because I feel I feel Julia Guglia in my bones. <laughs> really, it's just I I like that one because it shows like the dark side and the campy side of weddings. You know, albeit in the eighties, I just think it's a really good movie. I don't know. I, I anytime it comes on, I love it. And then like the final scene with yes. like you know Billy Idol, I just I really love it. <laughs> so I would say that one. No, that's such a good one. That one's definitely in my top 10, maybe even top five. I think it's become a modern a modern classic, if you will. Yes. Everything about it is perfect. And you actually have a Drew Barrymore connection. I do. I do. I was on the Drew Barrymore show. I was in her virtual audience. And I have a very cute King Charles Spaniel. And he was sitting in my lap. And then when they- Whose pre- name is Bourdain, Bourdain by the way, yeah, like which Anthony is such Gordon, a great yeah. name. And so, and he just had his first birthday party yesterday. And I, when I say- <laughs> party. I mean, my husband and I are not planning to have children. So he's our kid and my husband's currently deployed. And so I threw him a birthday party because he shares a birthday with the queen. So it was a royalty themed <laughs> birthday party and like everyone brought bought him presents. I have more things for him than I know what to do with. I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone spoiled you. You're already spoiled. So he's sitting in my lap and I'm in the virtual audience and the producers are going through the virtual audience and the producer's like, hi, like, you know, I'm just getting to know everyone. And I was like, yeah, well, my husband's deployed. And I, I guess it was like, do you have a question for Drew for Christmas? And I, my question at the time I was struggling with, well, COVID, do I go, do I go visit them or not? What should I get them? Because my, my in-laws, um, you know, were handling a lot last year with my, um, with my nephews and stuff. So, so they chose me to be the only person because I had a deployed spouse and because I had a question that they could like, pay for. And so I asked the question, she's like, who's this dog? And it's very sweet. And I, I kept, I, I kept it together until they brought me back on screen with Ross Matthews, who I love Drew, but Ross Matthews. <laughs> and I like squeed. And then I was like, oh shoot, Drew, I love you too. Because I feel like Drew and I are like the same person a lot of the time. So I can totally see that. Right. So I like, I, I feel like she and I would be best friends for sure. And so then like, they're like, yeah, we've been thinking about like your question of like what to get your in-laws for the holidays. And then they gave me $500. I burst into tears and she was like, your in-laws are like so lucky to have you like as a, like a daughter that's like so thoughtful and caring. And then I just like keep crying and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, she drew very more like, 
Drew Barrymore gave me $500. It's amazing. I choked up watching the video, which is available on YouTube <laughs> on the Drew Barrymore show. I think it's called Drew Q, Drew and A. Drew and A. And it's Drew and A. And if, you, it, if you're looking for it, you just type in Drew gets emotional. And that's the first video that pops up. I mean, you can't not get emotional over that video. And I think there needs to be more wedding movies with Drew because Wedding Singer, like now I'm in, I'm thinking about all like the 80s fashions in it. Right. <laughs> and like her dress at the end, she had the gloves and mm-hmm. the daisies, the very like yellow. It's like, oh, just, it's awesome. I know. I love it. <laughs> so Bianca, how can we get more information on you and your podcast? Please don't kick me out. You can follow my podcast at please don't kick me out on Instagram. You can follow me. My personal Instagram is at B-I-A-N-C-A-K-E-Z-Z, like Beyond Cakes. I just thought it was cute, but it's really weird for people to pronounce. So there's that. <laughs> I know it'll be in the description. Um, or you can go to, if, if my podcast sounds interesting, it's something that maybe you want to be a guest. I, I always say that there's no boring person. There's no boring story. So you can um, go to my website, www.pleasedontkickmeout.com. And just a sh- small plug for the fact that I have merchandise that like, if you love 90s and you love 90s nostalgia, my logo is very 90s. And yes, I just got one of everything got delivered to me yesterday and I'm ah, obsessed with it. So yeah, check me out. Look at my merch, um, you know, look at my previous guests, shoot me a line. That's where you can find me. And I agree with you, Bianca. Every person has a story and thank you for being on today and sharing yours. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Weddings Unveiled. Make sure you follow the show on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode and follow Weddings Unveiled on social media. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to executive producers David Moss and Gerardo Orlando, production director Bridget Coyne, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. Don't forget to enjoy the journey.